0: Okay, let me start this. I'll do just a quick intro and then just ask a question and then we'll just get it going. Okay. For you? Yes. Okay. All right, we'll get the countdown three, two, one. What's going on, everyone? We are here, Joshua Grader here. This is the Agent Talk Podcast. For those that are tuned in, this is interview week. Um, really just kind of felt led to bring more stories to the table, I would say, of individuals that I've met along my journey that have gone on to do certain things in a variety of different endeavors. <clears throat> and so today we are here with Sherry Coulter. Is that pr- pr- pronunciation That's,
1: correct? That, that is.
0: You Sherry got for Uh Sherry is someone, I don't really, I was trying to tell my Asian Academy, I don't know necessarily how I came in contact with Togi I don't know if it was through Instagram or whatever it might have been, but Sherry is someone that has really helped out our brand, especially on the marketing and media side. She has her own company, Tohi, and just someone that I think has a good heart, first of all, from just a relationship we built. I can tell that, but also someone that from what I can see, you know, has had some sort of success in the work field as well. So Sherry, one, glad to have you. First of all, um, and secondly, just off the top for someone that has never heard of you, never heard of Sherry Ford before, who are you?
1: <laughs> Let's just start with a small question there, Joshua. that's <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Right. like the softball question to start with, but deep and meaningful. Who are you anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, thank you for for having me. Um, I have enjoyed getting to know you these past uh, few months and- uh, I think you have a compelling story. You're very engaging. I was drawn to you from the beginning. And uh, after seeing the, the long game, I, I uh, have a better understanding and know why I've been uh, drawn to you. I did. I actually have to say that I watched it one and a half times. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <That's awful. laughs> so I was able to watch it a, a half of a second time. But, okay. but it was very compelling, very well done. Um, tells a great uh, story, and uh, you know you and your your father have a great story and a very engaging um, uh, uh, way about you.
0: Thank you. Uh, a question before continuing. That, I do have a question for you as someone from the outside looking in that saw the documentary. For those that have not watched, I suppose if you go on my Instagram at agent underscore the link is in the bio. Fox Sports One, but. Uh, For someone on the outside looking in, obviously you follow me on Instagram, so you kind of see we've had conversations, but what would be, have been, I guess, your takeaways from what, if you had like one takeaway from the documentary, was there anything that stands out to you?
1: Um, I think I appreciated it maybe from a different perspective than other viewers being a fellow entrepreneur. So my takeaway was really about um, understanding and appreciating uh, at a very basic level, how challenging it is to be an entrepreneur in whichever field of entrepreneurship you choose to pursue, whether it's a consumer product, whether it's a service, um, how hard it is to build a brand, to establish yourself, to establish a, 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 a clientele, um, and how, it is, how hard it is to, to, uh, to build that brand. So I think my point of view probably was a little different than most. But I think that was what stood out to me, was just that sort of kinship about how hard, how hard it is and an appreciation for what you're doing.
0: I appreciate that for sure. Well, for again, those that have not checked, it is called The Long Game, available on Fox Sports. Thank you, Sherry, for watching it. For one, you know I appreciate the support, not only from you watching, but just everything, and all the dialogues that we've had. So, okay. Let's see. So how I you. was
1: avoiding, I was avoiding that. Yeah. <laughs> see how I dodged dodge that question? You you do, you do.
0: But I'm going to, I'm going to reshape it just a little bit. So <laughs> right now you, if you could put in a phrase where you are right now in just career wise, we'll start. Where are you? Like with Tohi, let's say, like what are you doing with Tohi?
1: So Tohi, I think the problem that we're trying to solve is, um, Uh, I think we are a, and it's been so evident in this past year with COVID as a society, how um, nutrition and a lack of emphasis on nutrition and a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle can make people vulnerable uh, to chronic illness, as well as, um, uh, you know, unforeseen kind of diseases and, and, and pandemics like COVID. So I think that the problem we're trying to solve and, and shine a light on is that sort of healthy, active lifestyle with the incorporation of healthy brands and products like Tohi, which is a, an antioxidant-based beverage. It's a wellness beverage. It's great for a healthy immune system, cardiovascular health, brain health, bone health, etc. cetera. So we're trying to contribute to that awareness and providing easy, convenient solutions for consumers to incorporate into their kind of daily routine and daily diet.
0: How did you get into working with Tohi? Like, what? Is, where are you? Okay. <laughs> so, where are you from originally?
1: I am from Kansas City, Missouri, the heartland.
0: Okay. So, you're from, uh, let me see, are you good here?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I was just getting a strange uh, thing on my screen.
0: Okay. So you're originally from Missouri, did you go to school, college, university, like what was the path?
1: So I've had sort of a a, um, non-linear path to get where I am, which I think is kind of the best journey. But yes, my undergrad is uh, actually in journalism from the University of Missouri. And then along my career path, I went to uh, business school at uh, Wharton, University of Pennsylvania, so um, my career path, as I said, is very uh, nonlinear. How I got to Togi from being a journalism undergrad and going to business school is kind of an interesting story. But I like to think that it's sort of the culmination of my uh, experiences, my life experiences, my, my professional experiences, and certainly my uh, just interest and my sort of personal commitment to leading uh, as healthy a lifestyle as I can and an active lifestyle and, and sports uh, um, oriented lifestyle. So I, I'd say that, um, <laughs> that, you know, that it's, it's a sort certain, of certainly a longer story than that, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll cut it short there and just say that it's sort of a culmination of experiences. But right before I started Toheek, sort of the, the end point of, of how I got to Tohee is um, I left Kansas City you know, after going to undergrad at at Mizzou and then um, kind of uh, was the corporate vagabond for a while. I ended up in Denver, Los Angeles, San Diego, Philadelphia, New York, overseas, had a stint in London, uh, built an international business unit for a company, came back to New York. Um, So my last role before I started TOHI, before I launched TOHI was I was leading healthcare related investments for a private investment fund. So I had exposure to therapeutics, devices, diagnostics, health it, sort of the whole spectrum in the health uh, uh, sector. But I had a personal interest, obviously in in uh, the the nutrition side of that. And it was sort of when personalized nutrition, the thought of of really um, you know tailoring in a very scientific way, nutrition to people's uh, genetic composition, I, I sort of got you know intrigued by that. But along with that, one of my best friends in New York, um, wonderful man named Jonathan Mariner. He was the chief investment officer, chief financial officer for Major League Baseball. And I kind of got inside baseball around what, how Jonathan looked at um, investments uh, across the spectrum that would have an impact on sport. And that was sort of the convergence of, of my, what I was doing professionally, what I was seeing um, across the spectrum. And, and Tohi was sort of born out of those things as far as an opportunity to jump into what was kind of a crazy um, uh, 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 burgeoning part of the consumer products, that healthier for you food and beverage sector that was really exploding um, as people were very focused, more focused, I think, on making healthier choices um, for their diets.
0: Did you grow up with just like a vision for, you know, wanting, because even a lot of what you just said, you know, you just mentioned being in London, in New York, and doing certain things, working with therapeutics, a lot of stuff I didn't know you, quite frankly, you know, honestly, dealt, had an experience in, which is why we're here. But, like, when did the vision come for you that, like, you know, I want to be, because it seems like you've done a lot, like, it seems like you've kind of had your hands in different things as your journey has progressed to now where, you know, you are a CEO, like was it always the vision for you that like, I wanna be this like spearheader in this field or like, when did it, I guess, become a reality for you? Like this is the path you wanted to go on.
1: I think that uh, two things, I think, Um, as far as kind of from a career perspective, I got pretty lucky um, coming out of undergrad in the company that I was with because it was growing very fast and there were just opportunities and I found that I was willing to take risks. So when, when, when there was an opportunity for a, a new role or to start a new division or to open a new office, I was not averse to risk and I was willing to, uh, to raise my hand and say, I, I can do this, I want to do this, I have an idea, can I do this? And I was in an environment where that was, uh, that was a possibility. So I think my confidence grew in my ability to execute on opportunities when I was given an opportunity. So that's one thing, but in far, as far as like the origins of Tohi, like many things, a lot of things kind of come back to your childhood and sort of fundamentally the values that you, um, uh, you know, grew up with or the things that you were exposed to. And I can contribute my interest in, uh, healthy foods and a healthy lifestyle to my grandparents. My grandparents were tenant farmers on a 600-acre farm um, that had traditional row crops—you know, corn, wheat, soybeans—but also, uh, you know, they ran uh, feed cattle and they had a huge garden. And frankly, I, that's one of the reasons why my family was able to eat healthy. We didn't, you know, grow up with a lot of money. I'm the youngest of five children, and and basically, we spent a lot of time. At that farm and helping on the farm certainly with the garden canning you know harvesting all of that so i think my appreciation and love for uh food where it comes from healthy food maybe i wasn't as educated in a sophisticated way about the actual nutrients but in in the most sort of farmer basic way you understood what was healthy, why it was healthy, and, and, and all of those things. So I'd say it's kind of like I can attribute that to, you know, all the way back to my, my childhood.
0: I like that. I like both of your answers. I'm going to come back. I want to come back to the risk after touching on this because I think that's a good point that you just mentioned. But <clears throat> in regards to, like, I guess this year, so I grew up like city boy. Like, I'm from Tampa, grew up in the city, suburbs, things of like that nature. My wife is from Boston area, but New Hampshire. So kind of more woodsy, more more in nature. Uh, So the blend of lid, but also my mom likes, she's always like growing. Like we would grow with an aloe plant or she would grow this fruit. Nothing crazy. But I'm kind of rambling. But basically in second grade, we went on this trip to Orlando. And I got this little mango. It was like a Japanese plum. Not a mango, Japanese plum. We got it. And we took the, the fruit, and I took, you know, you take it, and it's got the seed inside of it. So we went to the backyard. I'm it's, Like I said, I'm second grade, seven. I have no idea what I'm doing. But I put it, you know, put it in the ground. I remember, I don't even remember this, but I know I did it, you know, planted it, whatever that step looked like. And now it's been, so that was, I was seven. I'm now 28. So it's been 21 years. That's the only thing I've ever planted. And it is the biggest plant in my whole <laughs> But what it showed me, because I would go, you know, you you see the process just a little bit. We all kind of think we know how things grow. But it was when I went home one time after just not noticing, like you go through high school, I just never looked. And when I came home one time from college, it was towering over the yard. And it then it was in that moment where I was like, wow, to be able to grow something is kind of cool. Like that, right. me and I guess why I brought my wife in with everything with COVID, what it has shown me for sure is one, if you could own anything, I think land for sure, land should be the number one. And two is the ability. I want to grow my ability to basically live off of the land, feed myself kind of like what you were saying, spending time. Like if you think about it, we spend eight hours a day working for what? To get money to live and eat, you know? So (laughs) your work becomes dealing with your own food. So I think that's, right. I think that's very interesting. Secondly, going back to the risk now, question for you. So I, on my journey, like you said, when I was younger, I kind of realized a part of it, I grew up with a casino 45 minutes away. So I, you know, I, I wasn't immune to risk, but on the business side, I do think that great opportunities, whether it's small or large, you are going to have some amount of risk to it. Starting your own business. Anyone that starts their own business, there's risk. Anyone that decides, look, I'm not going to work the typical, I'm working for you. You're telling me what to do. I'm going to collect this check for 30 years. Some people do that and that's fine. But something outside of that involves like, I got to take some sort of step. For you, was it, I know you brought up the childhood. Was it in your childhood that you realized like risk itself is not a bad thing if I kind of know what I'm doing or have the due diligence? Did you always have that side where I'm not afraid of risk? or was that gradual for you?
1: Um, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think uh, there's something innate uh, about entrepreneurship and then I think there's a part of it that's that's learned um, because risk in and of itself is, is not always a good thing. There are crazy risks and there are measured uh, risk and calculated risks, right? But the willingness to take risk, I think, is something that is that's innate. So I think there's always been. I've always had that sort of of, of kernel, and I guess as you hopefully mature, um, you're able to sort of harness that um, that uh, you know that innate uh, sense within you and and make it more kind of calculated and be able to execute on on risk. But yeah, I think it was. I think it was always. I think it's always been there. And I think that is something that, fortunately, as a child, especially, um, you know, as a female child, I was never, my parents never tried to make me go a certain, put me in a certain lane and say, this is appropriate or expected or whatever. I think we were given sort of some freedom to, to operate and, and be ourselves. And uh, that was that encouragement, I think. Um, And not putting limitations uh, certainly uh, helped that blossom in me, I guess.
0: So touching on that, in regards a bit to your journey, one, even before the childhood, I think the way we are raised, the environment of our home, the space that we're in is critical to how we are going to turn out in life. I think I've seen that in myself. I see that I have a son now. So I see that I see the importance of the space that we have. Uh, building off of that for you moving forward, was there ever any point where maybe that risk or not even just risk, but is there anything that stands out for you as a moment where it <clears throat> was unsuccessful? Was there a business venture for you that was unsuccessful or wasn't how you want it to be? Was there, is there anything that stands out to you? I guess you could limit it as a failure. Was there, is there anything for you that's like that right there was the big one for you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I have had several several failures uh, along the way, absolutely, um, and that's why I was going back to saying I've had a kind of a nonlinear path to to get here. But I think that the you know failure can either you can either be defeated for it by it, um, or you can learn f- from it and uh, and let that sort of feed your next uh, you know your 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 next uh, opportunity. And I fortunately was able to kind of of learn from things and then be given the opportunity again to try to try again. So, yeah, I've certainly had several uh, failures. Um, And, you know, when you say failure, some of it is attributable to decisions that you make that maybe weren't the right decisions. But sometimes it's just circumstantial. Um, You know, I was running a business in New York, a venture capital backed business in New York uh, when 9-11 happened. And, it, you know, it destroyed the business. It destroyed the, the startup community at that time in New York. Um, so, you know, you, you, whether it's uh, decisions that, that you make that end up um, uh, uh, leading to a, a business failure or whether it's circumstances beyond your control, whatever the case is, you got to get up, dust yourself off, and, and figure out how to uh, uh, keep moving
0: forward. Two questions. One, if there is someone listening right now, that they have a venture they want to step into there's a business they want to start while again however big however maybe they just want to cut grass whatever it can be but they are fearful of failing fearful of like i remember i went to vandy to talk to some uh some of their students and there's this guy there who was adamant that he really wanted to start a youtube channel he's wanted to have one for like years but he said the one thing that has prevented him from actually starting it was what if nobody subscribes to me? Like that was the blocking point for years, was that question. What would you say to someone that wants to step out and to do something, anything, that they feel they passion for, but they are afraid of it not succeeding, I say. What would you say to that individual?
1: Um, I think I would say you really, if that's the case, then you really have to question your motivation. Because if your motivation is that's not it. aligned with what you think the outcome, is, the out, the expected outcome is, that's probably where fear is going to paralyze you, and you will never uh, be successful in that journey. So part of the what I would would uh, I'm not uh, obviously a psychologist, but I would say that part of that fear is, you know, the the there's too much concern about what other people think or how other people value you versus how you value yourself. And if that fear is there, you will never be successful because as an entrepreneur, you have to put aside those concerns about whether somebody else thinks this is a crazy idea, a crazy concept. You're crazy to do this because it's too risky. It's too, uh, it's too this, it's too that. You, you have to uh, be able to, I think, have enough uh, self-confidence in a, in a humble sort of way to be able to uh, overcome uh, that fear and take the first step, the second step, and the 10th step to, to, to keep going. So I, I would say that that, that that fear is because you're too concerned about other people's perception of you.
0: Thanks. That is a that is, <laughs> that is, that is very true fear is a paralyzer. For sure. Fear and if
1: you and also I'd say if you think that that's the worst thing, if, if, if that's the worst thing that could happen to you is failing in a business, then you're not going to succeed, succeed either. Because, as you know, life is is uh, is full it's of real. unexpected things happening. So if that's your worst fear, boy, you're going to be um, <laughs> you're going to you're going to be surprised in life because lots yeah. of things can happen.
0: That's good. So true. There's something else. Um, so you, you spoke on failure as well. So, you know, I mean, all in t- all inclusive. So someone that they took maybe they took the step, <clears throat> they applied for the job, they whatever, whatever the step was for them on their journey. And they have now reached the first benchmark of failure, whatever they deem that as like they're now right now, if they're listening to this. They're like, man, yesterday, I really felt like a failure because of whatever. How do you bounce back from, I think you just mentioned, there are two options, really. You can let failure defeat you, or you can learn from it. Someone that right now is kind of within those crossroads, how do they take that step to learn from it and not allow it to defeat them and hinder them from moving forward?
1: Right. So I think everybody has their own, um, uh, their own timeline for a uh, self-pity party. And whether that's 10 minutes or two days, um, you know, allow yourself to to feel that um, and, and grieve, but then you have to figure out, okay, then I'm at everything's a decision tree, right? Then my, my decision point is do is it rational for me to, to continue to move forward and push forward. Or am, have I reached a decision tree where I know this isn't going to work, or it's not going to work for me, or my family, or or all the other pressures that you have in life to consider as you're as you're uh, making these decisions? So I think you have to be, um, uh, you know, allow yourself some some uh, uh, some space, uh, and then just be rational about, uh, you know, about really thinking through. Uh, I, I think that you know there's a lot of um, I think people focus more on the successful entrepreneurs and it's sort of like actors, uh, you know, overnight success, how easy it must have been for them to get where they are. You know, here's a billionaire or here's the, the latest and greatest thing, you know, behind all of that, there's always some struggle, um, you know, some uh, uh, overcoming Failure, overcoming, uh, uh, you know, negative thoughts or feelings or other people's expectations. So, I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, you, you. I think you can be born with resilience, but I think you can also build resilience and that sort of resilient mindset to be able to get through the challenging times and put them behind you and just keep moving forward, whichever direction you choose.
0: I like that. That's good. Those are that, 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 that's very wise because I think even when you just mentioned about it with the pity party. That is something that I think it's allowed. <laughs> but you should like I think Tony Robin, I think it was Tony Robbins had something where he had said he like sets a limit on like this is how long <laughs> I put myself. And right. when I uh, adopted that. I say, okay, like for me now, like if a player say we were recruiting a player for you know 10, 11 months and which has happened to me, and they don't sign with me. Like it hurts. Like that's like they ain't that's fair. Like, he chose someone else over me and I used to sulk for days like days what did I do wrong replay all the things in my head but then what I decided to do is I said okay I'm gonna give myself. if I'm upset about something with GSA with work I'll give myself 24 hours for 24 hours I can be as upset as mad whatever as I want but once 24 hours comes like it's time to go it's time to go For you, because I think that's a big touching point. Do you have like a mental clock that's like, look, it's time to go? Like, how do you keep it moving as someone? Because, like you said, being an entrepreneur, I'm five years in. You've been an entrepreneur longer than me, so I'm sure I've had plenty of failures. So I can only imagine you would just naturally have more. But you've continued to take those steps. Is there like a set time frame that you give yourself? I'm just curious. (laughs)
1: I'm kind of like you. I think that you know time is precious and. You, you really just can't wallow in things. So I'd, I'd say I, I have a personal limit of 24 hours uh, as you do, <laughs> because at uh, a certain point, I mean, there's too many things. You, you've, you're In those 24 hours, you're gonna miss other opportunities. So I, I think you just have to have a mindset that, okay, think about it, wallow in it, analyze it, and then just get on with it.
0: Perfect, okay, a few, just a few more questions for you. Being someone that you are a woman, CEO. you know you are, you are the top and you are a woman. For years, decades, centuries, you know women have stri- strived to you know be able to get their fair shake, fair influence, fair say, fair pay, there's all I mean it's continuous things that are going on. What I guess has been your experience as a woman in, in most cases, I guess entrepreneurship most people think of men. What, would, what has been your experience through your career being a woman in, I would assume, most fields that you've been in have been men-led? I, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong. What is it being a woman in those spaces for you as your career has progressed? Wow. <laughs>
1: that's definitely a loaded question. If someone says wow after <laughs> the
0: question, that's when you know it's a good question.
1: <laughs> it is a you know, good anything, question. Anything, uh, you?
0: anything that you, you, you would be open to sharing?
1: Um, you, you know, that's, a, that's another thing that I think I struggle with, especially in the very sensitive environment that we are in now in trying to have these real conver- real conversations about uh, race and equality and all of these things. I, I have to admit, I struggle with it a little bit because, yes, have I experienced um, uh, and do I still experience uh, uh, feelings of, um, you know, being dismissed or uh, real or not? I, I, yeah, I, I guess I struggle with it because I, I think part of me is, is, is fundamentally always been taught that you're not going to use things like that as an excuse or as, an, a, as, as a barrier for, for yourself. So there's sort of that is ingrained in me versus the, okay, acknowledge it, um, and realize what it is, and try to figure out how to uh, move past it, move around it, move by it, move forward, move over it, what, whatever it is. So I, I'm struggling to answer the question because yes, there have been um, numerous demonstrable incidents in my past uh, uh, that there was clearly, you know, bias uh, because I'm a woman in the industry. Um, You know, there are very few female CEOs uh, in Fortune 500 companies, you know, we've made some progress. Um, If you look at it statistically across the spectrum in terms of of CPG companies, healthcare companies, et cetera, you know, there's just underrepresentation where there needs to be representation. If you look at it from uh, access to capital, I think statistically uh, women, uh, female-founded companies still get less than 3%. Of, of venture capital investment. So clearly, at a macro level, um, we, we've we've still got lots of issues to deal with. But um, you know, that's a that's a question I'd love to sit down with you over a over a drink and just talk about both of our uh, both of our experiences and how we how we deal with it. And going back to the earlier part of the conversation, how your early influences help you um, deal with it as well.
0: That's good. That's a good 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 answer. I think all just good feedback and insight because I think very similar. Like if someone asked me, what has my experience been like being a black man in this field It's very twofold. Like you said, where it's like, have you experienced certain things? Of course, absolutely. hundred percent. But then it's also like, it don't matter, you know, you keep, keep pushing forward. And it's to me, I think that's something that I'm glad that you did pick up is it doesn't matter what field you're in or whatever it might be. If you are a, minority in any sort of aspect, you're always gonna have to go through something. That could be if you're a left-handed person in America. Honestly, right. like if you're right. a left-handed person in America, your notebook writing is gonna be a little different than everyone else, because it's made for right-handed people. So I think that's very interesting, yeah. Uh Question, I've been wondering, <clears throat> just the last few. Tohi, okay, shout out Tohi, a little plug. Shout out, tohi. <laughs> the website is drinktohi.com, drink correct? Okay. Yes. Check them out, yes. drinktohi.com. Available where? Walmart, I know. Amazon, I know. Anywhere else?
1: Um, yeah, we're over, I don't know, inching up to 1,000 stores uh, across the country, um, uh, a lot in the Midwest, and now we're kind of breaking out to both, both coasts. But uh, definitely online uh, as well, which is the way a lot of people are, are, uh, uh, <laughs> are buying uh, food and beverage right now. So, as you said, the Amazon platform, the Walmart marketplace, um, uh, and a lot of, of, of other uh, direct-to-consumer platforms. But Drink tohee, definitely.
0: Perfect. Um, the Aronia Berry itself. Yes. Can you just give a background of what it is? Because before I heard it, had never heard of it. The Aronia Berry itself, what it is, how you got introduced and just like, why someone, if they're listening to this, like, and not even like on a sales, but like why this Berry is good for you.
1: Yeah. So it this is kind of the, the fascinating part of the, the Tohi story was um, uh, when we, we, we came up with the concept for uh, what we wanted the foundation of the company to be. Um, and uh, and literally just uh, serendipity As I was Google searching for um, uh, specialty crops, unique ingredients, things like that. I came across this story um, about aronia berries. And the story was, you know, it's, it's a plant that's native to North America, was used by Native Americans for medicinal and nutritional values. Um, but yet it was undercommercialized and only recently being uh, grown. Uh, on a commercial basis. So, you know, I quickly kind of cross referenced Well, holy cow! How can you find this berry so uh, 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 so healthy and full of nutrients and antioxidants? But where can I find it in a consumer product? And that was literally like the light bulb moment because when you when you Google searched or Amazon searched or whatever for aronia based product at the time, there was nothing. And that was my light bulb moment to say, here's an opportunity. To bring a under-commercialized yet historic superfood super to a new consumer audience. And that's really kind of the, the, the origin of, of, uh, of finding the ingredients and, and building a platform on that ingredient. So it's it, there's tons of clinical academic research that feel the body of, of research is actually growing, um, and it's getting a lot of attention right now, aronia berries are, because of the focus around finding natural immune boosting foods and plants. And uh, aronia comes up a lot when you search, you know, antiviral natural remedies or uh, nutritious foods, et cetera. So that's, you know, certainly a tailwind for for us right now is the whole immune boosting value proposition of uh, of aronia and of of TOHI.
0: So, and just, Correct me if I'm wrong, the aronia berry has four times the antioxidants of a blueberry and double that of acai? Is that backwards? Yeah. That- it, it,
1: it, no, that is that is correct. Yeah, you got it. Um, I did and, a you know, is it what?
0: I said I did a little research.
1: You, you, you have. You are actually a great spokesperson for us and have been for, for months now. <laughs>
0: uh, um,
1: but, but, yeah, if you, if you compare it to other plant-based, like, superfoods, superfruits, um, I believe that the research shows it tests higher in the total measure of antioxidants than like 250 plants that that uh, were, were tested as super uh, superfood plants. So it's it's crazy crazy healthy and crazy good for you. Okay, good.
0: Again, y'all check them out definitely. Uh, I love the product. I think my favorite is uh, what is the flavor? It is the pinkish one. It's oh, dragon fruit. Dragon fruit.
1: Dragon fruit is awesome. I like, I like yeah.
0: the dragon fruit bowls, too. Okay, yeah. so that last few questions for you. Um, as someone that has, you know, done certain things, you know, you're again, you're a CEO, you've had your successes, you've had your failures, but you've made progress, for sure. Um, what is next for you? Like, what is the next step, for, you know, in your journey, I suppose? Like, what keeps you ticking at night and keeps you motivated? I
1: think what motivates me is, you know, as I said, Tohi is really sort of the culmination for me in terms of all my experiences. I, I, I'm all in on <laughs> growing this brand. And I think what motivates me is, uh, again, this sort of critical juncture. I think we are as human beings around focusing on, uh, on food as medicine and nutrition and really focusing on what we put on our bodies is what the outcome is. So a lot of the issues we have around chronic disease, diabetes, cardiovascular issues are all related primarily. Some of it is obviously genetics, but but a lot of it is influenced by nutrition. So my mission is to participate in this movement for healthier for you uh, options in in food and beverage. And I think Tohi, based on Aronia, can be part of that platform. Um, so my mission is, you know, go beyond the, uh, the just the gotta get the plug in here right go beyond just the, the ready to drink beverages and build out a platform of other uh, Aronia based products so I think we're just sort of at the beginning of uh, of what the uh, possibilities for us in terms of building out this this platform of other uh, food and beverage options
0: love it love it okay um, two questions left for you until unless another one pops into my head um <laughs> If you were left, you got pen, paper, or a microphone, whatever's even a a cell phone, whatever's most comfortable, and you can give one final, like, truth to the world, where it's like, the world is able to listen to Sherry one time for the rest of the world, and you get one message to give to the world, what would that message be?
1: Wow. Um, I think it is about, uh, I think the joy, what the conclusion I have come to is that the joy and meaning you find in your life is related to two things. Primarily one is investing in people that you love and investing in those relationships and truly making those relationships meaningful and mutually beneficial and the second is finding something professionally that you love doing, enjoy doing. It doesn't have to be an entrepreneurial venture, but find something that you you love doing and you'll feel better about life, about yourself, and you'll be able to put more into those relationships that you're building. seems simple, but I think it's,
0: I like it. it's worked for me. Solid. Solid for sure. Before I ask our last question, Sherry, uh, one, thank you for being on here, for sure. You know, I okay. appreciate you continue to look forward to the progression of your career, of Tohi, of our relationship, everything, all of the sorts. Where can people connect with you and Tohi?
1: So we're definitely um, very active on social media. So whether it's LinkedIn for more kind of business professional, um, certainly Instagram and Facebook. And, um, uh, I believe we're on Pinterest as well. And definitely on drink Tohi because we, um, have some great, uh, stuff that we put out in our email and, and promotions and and interests and all of that. So, and the other thing I, I wanted to say is, um, we're, we have a great platform because a lot of your audience is sports related and people that are interested in, in sports. We have a great platform of, um, athletes of professional athletes that are ambassadors for Tohi. And, uh, you know, like our relationship, we we choose them based on their character, based on their commitment to a to a healthy lifestyle and their commitment to nutrition, all the kind of values that align with with Tohi. Um, so you can kind of follow those athletes and and their journeys and their pursuit of excellence in excellence in the in the sports that they're in. And that's a relationship that over time we're, we're building together with your platform as well.
0: Right, love it, love it, love Tohi. Love. Yeah, I appreciate you, Sherry. Last question for you, uh, I guess before then, for those listening, I appreciate y'all being on here, Agent Talk Podcast. We are available on all of the things, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Instagram. Sherry, last question. Someone has done everything that you've done. You've seen what you've seen, you've traveled a little bit, XYZ. What is one thing that you are most grateful for right now?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I think I'm so grateful. As many challenges as we have uh, in this country and in this environment, I have traveled all over the world. I've seen, I've been fortunate um, to, to see a lot of different. Um, environments, I still think that, that we are blessed to be in a country um, like this with the ideals that we have and with the promise that we can all make it a better place for all of us. Um, I still believe that it's, uh, it's, it's the, the, the best environment and the best chance that we have um, to, to make this a better place for, for us, for, for kids, for grandkids. So I am grateful um, to, to be a citizen and to participate in, in making this a, a better country. And oh. I'm grateful for, op- for that opportunity.
0: Yes, that's so good. We had a guy, Daniel Escobar, that was an army ranger who was on the podcast as well. And he spoke on that. The It's not until we see other locations and you see what's really going on in the rest of the world that you realize like, yeah, we have our own issues. We do, like we got our problems, but man, I wouldn't wanna be nowhere else Honestly. So, right. Yeah.
1: I think that's one of the one of the, uh, the challenges that we have is not enough people in the U.S. get the opportunity um, mm. to see uh, other environments, other countries um, that are not democratic, um, you know, that have different challenges. I, I think that that opens your eyes um, and uh, and gives you a different point of view about, um, you know, feeling. Good about what we what we have and how it can be improved.
0: Correct. So true. So true. Okay. Well, Sherry, that's all I got. I appreciate you being okay. on. Okay. Uh, again, for yeah, those. Yeah, is
1: awesome.
0: Yeah, those that listen, check Sherry out. You know, check out Tohi. Buy their drinks. Support them. Okay. Yeah, I will support do the sales small
1: business.
0: Yeah, I, I will do the sales pitch for Sherry. They're a great company. Really. <laughs> good working with them. My mom is a consumer now, so y'all check them out for sure. This is Sherry Ford. And this is Agent Talk, and we're out.
1: Thank you.